We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I am your host, Brittany Brummerocker-Rocker, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Greg Miller. Episode 25, but I just saw you tweet the other day that we've been going a year, so we are doing well at putting these things together every <laughs> well, week. Well, hey, <laughs> you can only do it as often as they come out with episodes. And that's I mean. beesball, but you all know that. No, I, know, I was thinking about that, too. I mean, if you think about it, we only do three episodes a month, and then half those episodes, Greg bails, so then I don't do an episode. <laughs> no, that, yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. Everyone knows I'm the real draw here. You are. You're the dead weight, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, next week will be our one-year one. anniversary. We've, we've come a long way. Yeah, it's true. So I don't get it. Greg's all beautiful and whatnot, and I'm just, yeah, Bees is here too. You're Bees. You're the, the co-host that doesn't know much about We're Alive, but he comes on anyway for his snarky remarks. It's, it's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> all right, you, you nailed me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally nailed me. I'm just here to sip on my drink. Greg, I just want people to know how um, much weight you carry in your community. So have you created a buffalo chicken pizza, <laughs> or how does, how yeah, does this right. happen? Can you tell the story? Yeah, that's right. I, I, if you follow me on Twitter, which you should, I'm at Game Over Greggy, G R E G G Y, and most of you probably do because I always get told that I've brought 90% of the friends and fans here. Uh, here he goes. <laughs> Might be a little inflated, people. Just, All right, 85, uh, 85. Anyways, yeah, there's this pizzeria here in uh, in uh, San Francisco. I'm a big fan of, and uh, I eventually started tweeting and going there so much that they noticed that and would occasionally send me free pizzas. Is this Pachi's? Yeah, this is Pachi's, uh, Patixi's, if you're trying to spell it on the internet. I thought it was Paxtis, or Paxtis. No, well, I'm just saying how you, uh, that's how I'd say it if I had to, but it's Pachi's is how you pronounce it. Anyways, uh, I've gotten in close enough with them, and I've done enough stuff. To, like They now pr- supply IGN with free pizza for every first Friday when we have people come through to tour, and then uh, they also are now our preferred pizza carrier for events and stuff at work. And uh, I eventually asked them the other day, Hey, you know, I, I thought I'd test the waters. How big is my internet pizza celebrity? And I said, you know, you guys need to make a buffalo chicken pizza. They said, we'll look into it. Then a few days later, I tweeted, I could really go for a buffalo chicken pizza. They said, we will send you two right now. So <gasps> they, sent me two, they sent me two of their test run pizzas so I could try them out and see what I like. <laughs> then they asked wow. for my feedback. I gave the feedback back. Then uh, today I said I wanted another one. I, I got another one from them. I'm, I, I, I resubmitted my feedback. I'm working hard for the citizens of San Francisco to come uh, up with the perfect buffalo chicken pizza by eating so, all so, the buffalo chicken So pizza. if you had to rate it on the IGN scale, how was the first prototype? Well, these are all – yeah, this is all in beta, so I feel bad I'm giving it any kind of final score. Uh, the first one was just excellent. Tonight they went a little bit too heavy with the soft cheese. They're putting like a soft oh, cheese no. on there. It you wasn't bad. It, it just exactly. It wasn't as buffalo-y. So I've right. already I've already put that feedback in. I I will you know I'll suck it up and have another pizza here in the next few days to tell them how that one's working. So are they using <laughs> Frank's or is it like their own buffalo sauce? I would imagine it's their own. I don't think it is straight up Frank's, but it could be being cut with something, as you know people often do, Brittany, to bring down the intensity because not as many people like their wings as spicy as you and I do. I know. No, that's because we're amazing. Oh, it's God. true. Greg, we will be hey, married someday. I like spicy wings for mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what's going on in Greg Miller's life. Um, yep. Bees, what's new with you, buddy? Uh, I had a kid since I was on here last, what? I think. Yeah. Got a little bees. He's pretty cute. What'd you name him? Uh, Lucas. Or Luke for short. Okay. Not Gunner like I wanted to after the... 
Gunner awesome Optics. Opti- optics. <laughs> no, this is a true story. Yeah. We were at PAX Prime, or was it PAX East? I don't even remember. Yeah, it was PAX East. PAX, and I think. Gunner Optics had their booth there, and Bees takes a picture of Gunner and sends it to his wife. And, it's like, this and I was is- like, hey, what do you think about this name? And she was like, I don't like it. And I bothered her until she legitimately considered it. And then I could tell that she really didn't want to consider it. So I said, all right, I'll drop it. That could have been good marketing for Gunner. Kind of like, you know, if you name your child Dovahkiin for Skyrim. Uh, I almost could have. You could have. Almost got to that date, but no. So, like I said, episode 25 of We're Not Dead. We will be covering chapter 25. This only happens once a millennia, so that's pretty exciting. (laughs) The stars align. (laughs) The stars have been aligned. So I will read through the summary. We'll read it dramatically. That was the music. That was like the opening music. That, I was going to roll with it, but then stuff. you interrupted me. <laughs> the season three premiere st- starts off with a flashback right before the chopper took off, right after Burt falls. We're now the fir- alive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is like flashbacks from the live show. We're uh, alive. That was a clusterfuck, too. That was fun. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh the first time I listened to the season three premiere, chapter 25, I didn't have really good speakers, so I couldn't hear Bert's scream as he's falling. Did you guys catch that? I didn't the first time. Oh, but you eventually I actually just re-listened to it before I came on the episode, so that way I might actually know what we listened to before. Good jobies. Okay, so anyway, it starts off chapter with- Chapter 25, <laughs> Inadequate Strength, part one of three. That's fantastic. Okay. I know. I feel like as I'm soon right as Michael Swan wants to retire, I'm set. Uh, I, w- I listened to it on broke-ass headphones, so I only had sound coming through the right earphone. <laughs> oh, God. And, and so I eventually went back and re-listened to it. Don't get me wrong. But like, the first time through, like everybody in the chopper was like, uh, they'd, they'd be, like one person would talk on the right side, and then there'd be like this awkward silence, and then somebody <laughs> would respond. I was like, damn it. Nice. Okay, so anyway, it's a flashback right before Burt falls for the third time. Um, Tanya and Michael are yelling. And eventually you hear the voices fade off. And there's some speculation that that could have been the viewpoint of Bert. Because, you know, Chopper takes off and the voices fade and blah, blah, blah. All right. So the next scene opens up with Saul and Victor running. Saul collapses and says he can't continue on. Remember, he's still recovering from Bert's gunshot wound from way back when. Victor is urging him to continue onwards, but spots the Chopper taking off. Victor then has a quick change of heart, says, whatever, you're slowing me down anyway, and begins to jog off. When the chopper takes off, I imagine Victor's like waving his arms around like a madman, trying to get the attention. But about that time, the tower is RPG'd, and of course, it starts falling towards Saul and Victor. They take refuge in a little store as dust, debris, and all that good stuff begins filling the streets. After catching their breath, they discuss the fate of the folks inside the tower. Victor seems to think most of them didn't make it. He even suggests the explosion could have taken out the other chopper. But Saul steps outside the store and hears the faint sound of the chopper flying off. He is reassured his mom is okay. They go back inside the store to regroup as visibility as next to zero is next to zero outside. Victor questions what they are supposed to do now. At this point, Saul is sick of Victor's attitude, so he pretty much says, Screw you, do what you want, I have my own things to take care of. Now as he walks out of the store, it almost sounds like you can hear a woman scream. Do you guys hear that? Uh, you know what? I I think I did, but I, w- I wasn't paying much attention. Ah, to you it. guys feel me. No, it's at 525. Your mind's playing tricks. You're hearing what you want to Whatever. Hear, that's because you only listen through the right. Da, da, da. Um, go back I heard to something strange, and I wasn't sure, but I just kept on going. Yeah, it's at 525, so if you want to go back and check it out. Victor follows Saul outside, tries to convince him to stay inside until visibility improves, but Saul is determined to find a clue, anything that will help him locate the Maulers. Victor tries to tell Saul that the Maulers are already gone. They briefly discuss ammo, and between the both of them, they don't have very much. 
Victor again threatens to leave because he has more ammo than okay, Saul. Okay, okay, okay. I just listened to it instead of listening to Brittany. <laughs> it's it's way in the background, but sure, there's a, there's, a, there's a squeak in the background. Could be anything. Oh, see, Greg, I was going to chew you out for not listening to me, but because you just validated my point, you're, you're good. But no, it sounds like a scream, right? It was just a squeaky door. What? It was a squeaky door. No, it's no because the sound of the door opening is the... um. Oh, wait, Greg, you think it's a door? <laughs> hold on, I'll, I'll listen again, I'll listen again. <laughs> I, I said it was. Hold on, I'm doing it. Hold on, sh- everybody, shut up, shut up. There was a noise. I don't know what I'm waiting for. No, it sounds. It sounds like a scream. You're right, but it's way <laughs> far away. No, see, see, thank you, Greg. Team Greg. What? I'm just thanking you. Okay, whatever. Oh, Team Greg. No, you broke up. I, I wasn't getting mad. Don't get mad, honey. Come on. Sorry, baby. Don't Sorry. Don't be like this. Sorry, God, baby. God, damn. I know. We'll, we'll talk later, okay? I feel like I'm watching a relationship fall apart. <laughs> Our relationship only gets stronger, bees. All right, so again, Victor threatens to leave because he has more ammo than Saul, but Saul isn't playing into his little game. They continue bickering, but nevertheless stay by each other's side. Victor asks, Saul asks Victor if he knows how to hotwire a car. Victor snaps back at him, what, because I'm Mexican? I thought you could, brother. I think the interaction between these two is just hilarious. I, I have to say, I love the way he said brother, because it wasn't very convincing. He was like, brother? <laughs> he tried. <laughs> really he's funny. not a good racist. Victor isn't a good racist. No, yeah, he's, he's not. not a good racist. <laughs> uh, Victor was stellar this whole episode, except for the way he said brother. Aww. It was a little funny. <laughs> Somehow, amidst all of their bitching, they doubled back to the Hummer. Soon after, they hear the infamous roar of the pimp-ass zombie or the one with the markings, Paul, whatever you want to call him, etc., etc., Saul starts removing the 50 cal from the Hummer while Victor searches for a vehicle, the keys, etc. Eventually, Saul frees the 50 cal and Victor finds a truck and some keys. The feed on the 50 cal is messed up, which means Saul can only manually feed the bad boy. No. They hear, mm-hmm, they hear the welcoming roar of a behemoth. They quickly load up the 50 cal and an epic chase ensues. Saul climbs into the back of the in the back to man the 50 cal and he gets around into the behemoth, knocks him flat on his ass, and climbs back to be with Victor. Victor seems concerned that the behemoth didn't see any blood, or more so that Saul didn't see any, but Saul is convinced he broke something. Victor asks about the condition of the 50 cal. Saul says, I'll check it out once we get where we're going. Victor responds with, where's that? And then there was a silence. Finally, Saul responds with, I don't know, just drive. To me, it kind of sounded like when Saul said, you know, I don't know, I'll figure it out when we get to where we're going. It kind of sounded like he knew where they were going, but then he didn't want to tell Victor that he knew where they were going. Just saying, didn't that way. you didn't take it that like, way? No, he was totally like defeated. Like, when we get where we're going, and then there was like that awkward sound. Where are we going? Awkward sounds. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think it was kind of straightforward. I think they really, I mean, where do they go? I mean, they have no friends, except. They have no friends. You know, the ones that flew off. There's the, the colony. We don't know what they're doing. I, I heard, actually, I, I've heard, and there's been some fan fiction out there that Pete took over the colony. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was wondering when Pete was going to... Selling r- bottled water on the black market. <laughs> they'll, that's where they're going to double back there, and Pete will just be raining on a throne of skulls. <laughs> bottled water all around. God, dig yeah. it. Um, the reason I took it that way, and we can talk about this later if we want, is you know I feel like Saul has his intentions of finding Lizzie no matter what. He's going to track down the Maulers. So I think he knows generally he wants to go after the Maulers and go after Lizzie, and I think Victor knows that. But I think... You know, Saul doesn't want to come out right and say, you know, we're going after the Mallers, we're going after Lizzie. By the way, I wanted to add, I, I loved how you read through that entire factual summation, uh-huh. but through one tiny piece of uh, sarcasm in it when the uh, the behemoth had a, a welcoming roar. 
I thought that was really funny. Like the entire time you're like straight laced and serious, and then and he said he had a welcoming roar. It's just really funny. Well, I'm I'm here to please. That's my goal. Well, it's about time. Uh, shut up, Greg Miller. Twenty five episodes in, we've been waiting. Here what it is. Fire your ass. Brittany shook off the rust, and she's having some fun, everybody. Oh, next time it's San Francisco, I'm kicking you in the balls. All right. Um. Okay. Victor su- eventually suggests heading back around to the tower to see if the others will come back via chopper and pick him up. Saul is convinced they're not coming back, or at least convinces Victor that they're not. He then says, we're on our own. The next scene cuts the helicopter. Just as refresher, Pigs is flying, and the surviving characters inside are Datu, Kelly, Riley, Tanya, Hope, and Lady. Michael and Pigs are talking, and he tells her they'll be wherever they're going within the hour. Michael tells Pigs that she's doing great, and that they're not in a rush, and that she can just take her time. Pigs then reminds Michael that she's never flown in the dark. So Michael leaves and checks on everyone. They're all just chilling, not really talking. Michael asks about Riley, and Tanya thinks she has a concussion, and there isn't really anything new to report with her. Kelly asks Michael how Pigs is doing. In a moment of brilliance, Michael says, Pigs, she's doing fine. She can handle anything you throw at her. And blammo, shit starts going wrong. The chopper has a leak, which Datsu had originally fixed, and it's losing pressure. Peg said they have to Peg says they have to land now. Michael gives the go ahead, instructs everyone to strap in, and tells Peg to head for a field. And then we're done. Dun dun dun. I assume that the helicopter is far enough away that um, uh, Victor and Saul couldn't hear it when it crashes or lands. I would assume as well. Yeah, that's too bad because you know they could reunite. But they won't know. Oh, that would be too easy. That would be fun. Now, Greg, I know you liked uh, Michael's moment of brilliance. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't mean to, I don't mean to drop inside information here, ladies and gentlemen, but I have Brittany's cell phone number. <gasps> and after I listened to this, I texted her about this, and I said, "Yeah, that was the one. Uh, that was my favorite part." After I confirmed she'd watched it, I pointed out how <laughs> stupid Michael is to immediately walk in and jinx everything. Oh yeah, Pegs is great. Everything she's great at all oh, crap. <laughs> of course. Oh crap! I, when I heard Michael say that, I was like, "No, no!" And then, of course, like the sirens or whatever starts going off, and one of those moments. But um, to be honest, Pegs did do everything right. She was doing fine. It was all Datu's fault. It's all Datu's like, fault. Yeah, it we finally know fault. who the mole is. <gasps> yeah. Datu. He probably saw uh, the Rocketeer one too many times and tried to patch it with gum. That's probably what mm-hmm. happened. I haven't seen that, so I don't get it, but I'll laugh anyway. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, but what did you guys think of the season opener? I mean, I had a pretty, you know epic chapter to follow but I, I have summed up my thoughts okay and i believe that um you could have tacked this on to the season finale from last season as an epilogue and no one would have noticed you mean it would have flowed really well just as an yes. epilogue like like I, th- I think it's more of a it it almost closes the last season better than it opens this new one mm-hmm. okay i can see that why do you, why do you think that is though? It's because we really didn't nothing really exciting happened. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing, no new information came to light. It was so kind you of like think the cliffhanger would have been more if okay if they would if yeah. it would have ended like this with them crashing in the field, knowing yeah. that Victor and Saul are okay, which I think we pretty much Ex- already knew that. I mean, we exactly had a hunch. Yeah. Okay, exactly. I was telling Britt this earlier. I I think um, Casey Casey should maybe consider switching to two twenty five minute uh, episodes per chapter instead to give. A little more meat and and girth, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brit's favorite part. Yeah. Meat and girth, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 
But I think you guys know what I'm no, saying. No, I'm totally with you. I understand what you're saying because it's happening similar to when they uh, broke up and one half was in the colony or whatever. People were in the colony and people weren't. And when you have to start telling the two stories and give them equal time. Five minutes of each story. and Exactly. And, and it's know, totally not satisfying. And I, that, that, yeah. that is the problem, right, with both both things that you don't you, – we don't walk away from this going like, oh, okay. It was like, okay, yeah, you know. Uh, Victor and Saul are down there. They're they're in the shit. They're gonna figure out what's going on, and now they're going out to figure out what's going on. Done. And then it's like, okay, now they're on the helicopter. The helicopter's going down. Done. It's like, well, yeah. There's no real giant hook either there, but it is a three part chapter. Right. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like the the, the chapters uh, as a whole, I'm sure are going to be fantastic. I mean, throughout this entire show, it's been the writing's been fantastic. It's just sometimes, like you said, the format makes it hard to to reconcile with the two stories. Uh. But yeah, that I I would personally consider that. I I as a fan, I would be fine, you know, getting two episodes, and then you know being off for two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, because there is there's the a lot to follow now, especially in the direction that the story's gone. There's a lot, and it's hard to squeeze in um, all that meat and girth when you know yeah. you're, <laughs> when you're following three storylines. Um, Greg, what did you think about it? It was a good episode. I mean, it, I I wasn't expecting to be blown away. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting to be rocked. I was just happy to get my characters back and you know be back on the uh, we're alive train. Right, that this stuff's happening. It's moving forward, and it, it, they move the stories forward. I I thought yeah, the helicopter bit at the end really felt was the part that really felt tacked on to me i could have done without that at all mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah because they're okay they're going down but it's like even then we only got like a, it felt like a minute of that you know what i mean where they're in there right. like oh everything's fine don't worry about her oh we're going down you know like, oh, people are sleep- <laughs> people are sleeping on the red chairs basically what i'm saying is we can all point to grayson stone as a new producer and say this is his fault <laughs> when he was an intern when he was the zombie intern not a problem <laughs> it's all That's grayson's funny. fault that's funny. I, I think I agree with you that it's it's definitely a good episode. I just don't feel like it was a good season opener. You know what I mean? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, coming out of coming out of hibernation, you always want something huge, right? Yeah. As, plus, we all got spoiled with like the huge fifty-minute episode, like in a big chunk. And that all this awesome. shit that happened. Yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, I had a feeling you know we weren't going to find out anything about Bert because I think we need to stew over him for a while. You know, is, is Bert alive? I mean, clearly, I'm pretty but sure. But he is alive. I know, but, you I know, just... you, when Bert's voice will come over the at your, your um, headphones for the first time, you probably cream yourself because, oh, it's Bert. You know, you missed him. Well, that maybe if Kalani did, but Kalani's no, gone. Skittles. So never happen. Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to, like, pop out of the spandex and be like, hey, you guys. <laughs> Save everyone. <laughs> yeah, maybe Saul and... Uh, Kalani, or Kalani, oh, that's very sad. Victor will come across Skittles. I mean, oh. I don't know. I thought it was, you know, a lot of people were very pleased with the episode, and I think a lot of them are also kind of, you know, oh, whatever. It is what it is. You know, it's a 15-minute chunk following an epic 50-minute finale. So it's like, how do you really counter that? So I guess, I mean, I don't really have much to say about this episode. I mean, well, not, You have plenty. You haven't even talked about what we talked about in text other than that other thing. I'm talking about how you said you weren't happy. You thought the Victor Saul thing didn't work for you. Oh! I did, didn't I? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it. Sorry, you're too busy trying to kiss Casey Whalen's ass on this podcast uh, that you don't want to let the truth come out. I know. My <laughs> nose is so far up his ass right now. It's not even funny. No, but you're right. I did. But, you know, I've been kind of thinking about that. And, you know, Greg, you kind of steered me in the right direction. But, um, you know, I just thought Victor was really, what did I say? Bitchy or whiny? You said, yeah, you, you said he was bitchy and whiny, and he was the the wrong combination of early Kalani and early Angel. I and did I say that. Actually, but 
like 30 of his best friends just died and then five <laughs> of them just I know I know okay you know what I'm sorry okay I know I forgot I, I have Victor on a high pedestal right now no but you know I just thought you know the way he was so quick to be like okay you know Saul um, he said he like several times he was gonna leave him I mean obviously I don't think he really would but it just got really old after I was like oh I got more rounds than you do I'm gonna to leave me, you they, they were both annoying a little bit, but the, like I said, they're they're both on edge. And then and then Greg Miller was like, "Yeah, well, you know, he's tuckered out, he's tuckered out and tired." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I can see that." I just don't remember, and maybe it's because I didn't go back and listen to the prior chapters before the premiere. But I just don't remember that being in his personality that he would, you know, be all like immature and childish like that. But maybe I was wrong. But that was my thing. I'm like, okay, you know. He's I mean, in, yeah, they're all going through a lot. Of you know, I guess a lot part. of shit did happen. The tower collapsed. I mean, you know, Kalani's kind of dead, and you know, shit happens, and it changes people. <laughs> kind of dead. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna come back as a zombie. How awesome would that be? Other than that, though, um, Cupcake Zombie from the forum said one thing I noticed when Saul and Victor were walking around was all of the coffin with limited visibility from the dust, as the building had collapsed. But the Maulers looking around at the end of chapter 24 seemed to have good visibility and had no problems breathing. This might give us some indication of the timeline between the two sections. Um, or perhaps the Maulers were on another side of the tower. Yeah, I think he's reading into it too much. Did the did the tower collapse? It did collapse, it right? It did. Yeah. He, that, at the end of the other one. Okay, yeah. And then, angels. And no, I think they were just far enough away. Yeah, I mean, or maybe they came back at a later time, or, you know, like you said, maybe it was just like they were at a different side of the tower. Wait, what was the question? There wasn't a question. It was just more of like a timeline thing. Oh. A possible observation. Because, you know, when Saul and Victor were, you know, when the tower collapsed, they couldn't see shit. But then later the Maulers were able to find, you know, the old man. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Okay. I think time passed. I think, yeah, I think we went back in time to watch Saul and Victor be there for the yeah, destruction. Yeah, I, I think if... A few minutes passed, but I, I also don't think it. I think it's completely inconsequential. Oh, about the time time lapse. Yeah. Uh, people, are, you know, these people on the forums—they look into this kind of stuff, and it's my duty to, you know, we are the forums come to life. All right, is that all right. What it get was, your Greg? giant timeline and ball of string out and pictures of characters, and you know, let's do, do that. that. <sighs> do it on the wall with post-it notes and stuff. Exactly, the giant spider web. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fantastic. Um, the other theory going around on the forum is that, you know, when Saul shot the behemoth with the 50 cal round, that he didn't see any blood, but he's pretty sure he broke something. Victor was concerned because, you know, those can go through concrete walls and there's no blood. So people are wondering, oh, what does that mean? What is the behemoth? Is it a human? Is it a lab rat? La, da, da. No, it's a concrete. Uh, it's, a, it's a person made with concrete bones. Is that what you're trying to say? Animal concrete hybrid. If you guys have anything to add about this episode, where you'd like to see it go, what timeline you want to follow, please enlighten me. Well, what do you think about the the whole rumor that Riley's pregnant? What? <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> no, it's on the forum. Who said Riley Did was? You missed that? No, who? Riley's a lesbian. I mean, I, I can understand why <laughs> she wants to interact with some meat ingers. <laughs> you don't. You don't say you're a lesbian. Hang up your ovaries. <laughs> That's I, right. Like I said, you know, it's the end of the world. People experiment. Okay, whatever. Um, there, there was the 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 rumor that they raided a sperm bank. What? Now we can stop. Oh now you've crossed the line. <laughs> sperm bank. Wow, that's that's nice. Uh, okay, good one, Beast. Good contribution. Good, contribution. good job. I'm Ed. just glad that you were genuinely surprised. You're like, what? She's pregnant? Well, you said on. T- okay, here's another like insider scoop. I have Beast's cell phone number, and we were no. talking. I know, I know. You slut. I know. I'm sorry, Greg. I'm two timing you with the married man who has a child. I don't know if you know this, Greg, but you gave me your cell phone number too. I've totally forgot where I was going with this. All right, well played. Okay. Other than that, um, some housekeeping. 
we last season I sent out a bunch of emails and posted on the forums about people that wanted to guest host for season three, and I think we're actually booked through the rest of the season with Ooh. guest hosts. If you didn't send an email, chances are you might not get a spot. I'm sorry, unless I'm feeling ballsy and want to have another four person episode, but that uh, gets pretty. Don't do that. That gets pretty. Yeah, that gets pretty uh, messy. So, um, if you send me an email, I should be contacting you. If not. Please harass me via email and any other forms of social networking. Fuck, I think that's it. Wow, we really that was a fast episode. No, no, there's no questions. No reader mails. All right. I do. I have a question. Honestly, you know what? I haven't checked our email since last season. I'll do that right. Yeah, I'll do that right now. Oh Jesus Christ, Britt! Remember, everybody, email us at we are not dead podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I forgot we had an email account. That's no bueno. Yeah, I do have one question, Brittany. Seriously, um, is there going to be another like uh, scream competition? Screaming? Oh yeah. Like um, I need to talk to Casey and get some contests running. I know he. I know they did a few throughout the break, like pumpkin carving and all that fun stuff. But no, we're going to try to get some cool shit going. All right, here we go. Extend your penis by five inches. Oh, nope. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> nothing new to report in the We're Not Dead podcast inbox. <laughs> so please, fellow listeners, send an email to where Greg Miller. We are not dead podcast at gmail dot com. Starring Nate <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that'll wrap this one up. And you know, we need more activity in the forums. There's only like four pages or five pages. Normally, it's like 15, so we need to like, amp That's that back. That's the, because the, it's, it's all coming back Just now. warming up. Season yeah, started. it's like riding a bike. You got to get back on the bike. So right. keep doing that, and we'll love you forever. So for Greg. Hey, is, that, is, it, is this how we sign off? I don't recall. <laughs> no, no, this is goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. I know. I right, are you a little off. rusty there, buddy? A little, a little rusty loop? No. Okay. Okay, there's Greg's little <laughs> outro. And for bees, you don't get one. And for me... Thank you for listening to We're Not Dead and Brow. <laughs> <laughs> Giant douchebag. <laughs>